Welcome to Share Truth, Apply Scripture. I'm T- Teddy James. Everybody's going to call me TJ. In studio, we've got Jordan and Cedra this time, uh, taking Wesley's spot. So This seems for to happen here. a lot lately. It yeah. does. Well, you know what? We're getting close to summer, and everybody Everybody leaves. just leaves. Everybody just yeah. leaves. They bail on us. Uh, but that's okay, because you... Our listener and our viewers, you have not bailed us, and we appreciate you. We appreciate you taking your time. Guys, Jordan, what are we talking about today? We're talking about assumptions. Assumptions. Yeah. I don't like assumptions. <laughs> <laughs> I make them all, all the time. We though. really do. Yeah. The thing is, here's the thing. This is something I've learned recently is we make a lot of assumptions without realizing we're doing so. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of, I mean, we, y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. Like when you think about it, we operate on autopilot mm-hmm. very often. Have a light bulb go off in your room and or in your house somewhere. When you walk in, the first thing you do, even though you know that light bulb is off, oh yeah, <laughs> you're still gonna. <laughs> it flip gets the me switch. every time, and then Same yeah, here. I hate myself after that. I'm like, yeah, he's oh, like, stupid. I knew that light was off, but I'm still gonna hit it every time. Well, uh-huh. there's a lot of times we can have assumptions that actually matter. Assumptions about a light switch, who cares? But yeah. what assumptions do we have about God? Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of assumptions that we have that we think are true, and maybe there we got them from. Um, mishearing a sermon mm-hmm. or from a cultural cliche yeah. or from a book that we read, but they're not from Scripture. Yeah. And so we want to challenge some of these, and we're going to do this. Uh, we're going to kind of split it, uh, and we're going to look first at what are some assumptions that the lost world or lost people have about God. And um, there's a bunch of these. A bunch of these that I've been able to find. We're going to hit some of the easy ones, what I think are easy, and then we'll get into some of the deeper and a little more harder Mm -hmm. ones. And I think one of the first ones that comes to mind that people struggle with, especially even after Mm -hmm. they're Christians, but especially before, is this idea that God wants me to be perfect Mm -hmm. or expects me to be perfect before I can come to Him. Right. Do you have you seen that? I have, yes. So how do we respond to that? I don't know. I've had a I've had friends I've invited to church go. Well, I really need to clean up my act a little before I get in church. Yeah, and and the thing is, is it's not about cleaning up your act. It's about allowing God to clean you up. Right. And you can't do that if you try to keep a distance there between you and God because you don't feel that you're ready or you're you're not perfect yet. Right. Yeah. And and I think I mean whether you know it or not, if you're in that state. And I think Christians can also be in that state. I've, I've found myself there a lot after a period of just distance from God. I'm like, oh, I messed up. You know, mm-hmm. I have to have to, you know, work my way to his forgiveness again. But I think we don't realize a lot of times is that that's a form of pride, really. Yeah. We're saying that my problems are too big for God to fix, so I have to fix them for God, and then I can be on good terms with Oh, them. that's good. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And I think what it boils down to is a too small a view of God. Mm-hmm. And really? especially if you're lost and you have not experienced the grace of God, yeah. I promise you have too small a view of yeah. God. Yeah. But even many believers, mm-hmm. many Christians, have a very small view of God. And I think it's a misunderstanding of what grace really is. Mm. I mean, when you consider this, God is all-knowing, right. right? There's a big theological term for that. You want right? to tell them what it is? That would be omniscient. Okay, there we go. Um, <laughs> just making sure you knew what it was. Just making sure I knew. Don't ask me to spell <laughs> it. Just testing But you. I don't have, I don't have uh, um, the word 
grammar spell check in front of me. So this don't is ask our me editor. Spell it. Yeah, well, you know what? Everybody needs a he little bit of He doesn't have the word sometimes. grammar spell check right now. So. Yeah, I can't think of the word spell check. I can think of omniscient, <laughs> but not spell check. Okay. But here's the thing. We, we understand God knows all, so why do we act as though mm. our sin surprises him? Yeah, really? Because that's really what we do. We uh-huh. say, oh, God, I let you down. Yeah. No, you weren't holding God up. Right, and, and that's, that's a very big view of yourself. Right. You kind of surprised yourself by going back I think we that. do. So I think we really do surprise right? ourselves yeah. with just we how had, We had su- this be. view of ourselves that we're, we're so good, mm-hmm. and then when we mess up, when we sin, it's like, well, God thought I was good too, right? And so, like, this must have I had everybody yeah. fooled. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at what Jesus says in mm-hmm. Mark 2.17. He said, those who are well have no need of a physician, mm-hmm. but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you're righteous on your own accord, mm-hmm. you don't need Jesus. Right. Wow. And we all need Jesus. So mm-hmm. to, to say that God expects me to be perfect before I can come to Him is to negate the reason we come to God. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, it, it really is. It's boiled down in, in two truths, too big a view of ourselves and too small a view of God. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one, and this one is going to be really fun. Because we hear it, and it plays itself out in a bunch of different ways, and it's this. God is only angry all the time. Hmm. Have we ever heard that one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> let me let me just say it like this. How have you guys heard it in a different way? I've heard it... I, okay, there are verses in the Bible that that seem to suggest this. And oh, I, interesting. I, I can't I can't remember the reference, but this, I think it's in either Proverbs or Psalms. It starts with a P. <laughs> one of, the, one of those um, books. And it, it's it's God is angry at the wicked mm-hmm. every day. And that's mm-hmm. a, a paraphrase. And so to look at that, oh, it seems like God is angry all the time. And then you look at the bad things that happen in the world and the judgments, the, the judgments God. that God has put on our nation and the world in general. It would seem that He's a very angry God. Sure. Yeah. Well, look at Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. Um, look at the flood. Right. Look at all of these different things. Again, what it goes down to, and this is why we wanted to do this program, mm-hmm. because there are misunderstandings. There's, I use this word very intentionally, and I use it with the truest meaning of the word. There's okay. an ignorance mm-hmm. of who God is. And ignorant, by the way, is not a derogatory term. Yeah. It just means without knowledge. Right. So if we understand that there is an ignorance of God, mm-hmm. what do we do? We have to go where God revealed himself, mm-hmm. right? So we go to the scriptures. And what's interesting to me is that there are attributes of God that scripture eternally links to who and what God is. Mm-hmm. All right, so a perfect example of that. In 1 John, uh, John says, God is love, mm-hmm. right? Um there's a bunch of these other, Isaiah, uh, he's, he's right at the beginning of the book. Um, Isaiah goes before the throne room of God. Mm-hmm. He sees angels with six wings, and they're crying out eternally, holy, holy, yeah. holy. It connects God's holiness. It is an attribute. I could be wrong here, but I didn't see anything where anger right. is an eternal attribute of God. Right. Mm-hmm. You have the wrath of God towards yes. wickedness and towards sinners. Um and that is an aspect. But then when you look at that in the list of all of his attributes, which, by the way, we don't have a list of all the attributes. Right. They're far outweighed. Wrath is far outweighed by, you know, love and mm-hmm. 
and um, he's self-complete. He's complete in himself. He's holy. Right. He's you know merciful. He's gracious. There's all these things, and then you have wrath there. Right. Yeah. Well, if you look at the history of the Israelites and how many times that they sinned against God, and then they were put into captivity. People, mm. some people may look at that. A non-believer might look at that and say, "Well, that's God's anger." Mm-hmm. But I really see His grace and mercy in that—the fact that He didn't just completely wipe them off the planet. That would have been that yeah, would have been right and just, right? Yeah. But yeah. He He used these times to draw them back to Him because He loved them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, whereas mm-hmm. some, you know, people look at God's actions and say, "Well, He's angry." No, no, no. He mm. He loves them so much that He is giving them direction and drawing them back to him and Mm. that's just the way he chose to do it and that's the way that works right well and because he's dealing with the big issue the heart issue Mm -hmm. um which each time if you look at it it was it was idolatry it Mm -hmm. was disobedience in one way or another and like a doctor who gives you chemo to fix to to cure your cancer god says hey i'm I'm gonna judge you Mm -hmm. and it's gonna hurt Mm -hmm. um but it is for you're good. Yeah. He disciplines his children. Right. Yeah. As any good mm-hmm. loving father does. All right. So in the mm-hmm. last few minutes we've got, I want to hit one that is a, I want to say a cultural favorite. And it's this, that God is okay with me. Yeah. I think we, there, there's, there seems to be very little balance. <laughs> right. Either God is always angry or God's right. perfectly fine with yeah. me. Nobody thinks God just doesn't. Is, is completely neutral. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, At least not the God of the Bible. Yeah, well, because the you God of the Bible is not... Yeah. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. He's not neutral. You don't have that option. Do you think mm. people, and I'm going to say lost people, we are specifically talking about, because these are, are typically the things that lost right. people have, but even Christians deal with this. Um, do you think we fall into the trap of believing God is okay with my sin? And how do we? Mm. how do we fall into that? Well, I kind of, I mean, I see it all the, all the time in culture. You mm-hmm. know, people try to use God as love as a way to condone what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, God would be okay with this because God is love. And so how can what I'm doing be wrong if he made me the way I am? And mm-hmm. this is, I know it can get very specific, but just broadly right. speaking, God made me like this or, you know, made me be the person, have the desires, the wants that I, I have. Mm. So... Of course, he's okay with it, right? And yeah. and people don't want to see. I, I once um, saw in a video where people use "God made me this way," you know, or or like yeah. or saying "I was born this way," mm-hmm. and um, and the woman who was speaking said, "Yes, you were born a sinful human. That's the reason why Jesus had to come." Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. and I, I, I think just in general, all of these assumptions could kind of go back to the root of ignorance, not only of the scripture, but the assumption that God is like us. Right. Mm-hmm. That, and that, I think, is the big thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, so I've been kind of reading through the book of Job uh, in my quiet time, and, and this came—I read this the other night, and as I was thinking through this assumption, this came to my mind. Um, Job 9.32, For mm-hmm. he is not a man as I am, mm-hmm. that I might answer him, that we should come to trial together. <laughs> You know, when you go to trial, it's because it's you yeah. versus something on your level. Yes, it's a peer. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you could even maybe go a bit superior, right? Mm-hmm. You can take the federal government to, to court. But in court, everybody has the same rights. Right. Yeah. And it's a, it's an equal playing mm-hmm. field. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to get an equal playing ground with God? Right, no. 
the, the old writers used to call God, they would describe God as the ocean without a shore. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, where yeah. can you stand mm-hmm. in an ocean to view it right. if it has no shore? Mm-hmm. God is so much bigger than we are. God is so much more than we are, and God is so different than we are. We cannot, we cannot buy into mm. the lie that God is anything like us. Right. And and because of that, because we have allowed that to creep in, and, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, it's even crept into some of the churches, mm-hmm. um, that God is like us. And so therefore, He would want us to do church the way we want to do it, rather than the way He has commanded us to do it, which... How church, you know, all those things, those may be assumptions for another episode. Right, but yeah. we are going to hit some more assumptions in the next segment. We're going we're gonna to talk about, is God boring? That is another mm. big assumption uh, that the world that lost people have. And I cannot wait to get more and more into this. So stay tuned. Uh, you're not going to want to miss it.